It's time for Lawyers for Jesus, a show about the dynamic and exciting interaction of faith and the law. Featuring the attorneys from the law firm Malkin Baker in downtown Chicago. Malkin Baker is nationally known for defending freedom and for serving the people of faith. And now, Lawyers for Jesus. Hello, welcome to Lawyers for Jesus. I'm Rich Baker, an attorney and a partner at the law firm of Malkin Baker in Chicago. We are Christian attorneys who focus on serving the body of Christ with its legal needs. To learn more about us, go to maukbaker.com, that's M-A-U-C-K-B-A-K-E-R.com, or call us at 312-726-1243. On our show, we've seen that many ways that God is able to use attorneys for his good. That's one of our highlights for the show. But here's another question. In what ways does he also use law students to build his kingdom? In the past, we've had uh, a number of law students uh, come on the show and talk about their experiences. Today, we will be speaking with Matt Branagh, an editor for Church Law and Tax, a ministry of Christianity today, which serves as a practical resource for church and clergy. Church Law and Tax provides comprehensive and easily accessible information on legal tax, financial, and risk management matters. Uh, Matt, welcome to the show. Rich, thanks for having me. It's great to be here. You know, it's interesting in my introduction, it almost sounds like a commercial for uh, church law and tax, and and it could be, because I personally, as a lawyer who does a lot of work in the area of um, church law and uh advising not-for-profit corporations, I use your materials all the time. So I love having you on the show. Actually, we're calling you back because we did a, a previous show in which we highlighted what's going on with church law and tax, and we particularly talked about child abuse. This time, I want to focus on a uh, recent career move that you've had, which is you've gone to law school. So tell us a little bit about, um, after working 12 years at Christianity Today's Church Law and Tax, how is it that you ended up at law school? Well, and, and Rich, I should clarify too, I, I'm still with Christianity Today even while I'm going to law school. So I, I didn't end working at CTI or with Church Law and Tax to go to law school. I'm actually doing both uh, at the same time. Um, and it really just uh, came about because of a couple of things. Uh, first off, I just have always had an interest in the law and um, when I was an undergrad, I studied journalism and public policy, and then I started out my career as a daily newspaper reporter and was covering uh, the business beat, and that often involved bankruptcies and lawsuits and all sorts of legal-related legal matters. So uh, there was just always this nice, natural intersection, and then, of course, when I joined CT uh, back in 2007... Um, I had the opportunity to work with Church Law and Tax and Rich Hammer, and uh, suddenly I was just immersed every day in all sorts of legal issues, legalese, and so on. And so about four years ago, I began conversations with some of our VP leadership at CTI, and we just, we just started be imagining what, what could we do with Church Law and Tax if I went back and pursued a law degree? What would it do for me as far as being more effective with my work and, and ultimately serving church leaders and church as well. And, and what was the conclusion? What did, what did the uh, leadership decide? Well, there was sort of this aha moment. It was kind of interesting. It, it made a lot of sense because of the knowledge and skills and training that law school provides. And obviously that would help me with short-term and long-term editorial planning and execution and finding 
good people to interview attorneys as sources or attorneys as contributors, you know, being able to screen those types of individuals more effectively. But really the aha came when Termi Eccles, who was uh, one of our senior VPs at the time, she started doing some investigating on her own and happened to recommend I look at University of Denver Stern College of Law's four-year part-time JD program, which it's just funny because I went to University of Denver for undergrad and uh, she didn't realize that at the time. And I was living in the area at that time. And, and my brother also, um, my, my brother Preston, who's an attorney in Denver, um, he had gone through that program in the late 1990s. And so by her finding it independently of me, it was just one of those moments when it seemed like the Lord was really orchestrating something. So you went to law school, you're, uh, you're doing a lot of stuff because law school is a pretty major commitment. Um, what's your experience been? You're a, you're a, a professing Christian and, and now you're going back to law school uh, in Denver. What, what's your experience been? It's, it's been probably one of the most fruitful decisions I've ever made uh, in my professional career. It has been um, just a revelation for me as far as reawakening my mind to learning. It's also given me ample opportunities to intersect with new people from a variety of backgrounds. And it's interesting because especially being in a professional program, you start meeting your classmates and professors and, you know, inevitably the question comes up, well, what's your day job? And when you work for an organization named Christianity Today, people immediately know your faith background. And some people are friendly about it. Others, maybe not so hot on it. They may be cordial, but I I think they maybe made some assumptions about me too in the process. And what I I found was the whole element of Matthew 5.16 really came to life for me, uh, making sure I could do good deeds in front of those who may not believe that they may, may uh, praise the Father in heaven as a result. And so um, I just became keenly aware of the example I could set, despite the stress and competitiveness of law school, that I could be a classmate that was kind and respectful and reach out with a friendly demeanor and, and try to be a witness in the midst of an uh, arena that can be very, very cutthroat at times. You're listening to Lawyers for Jesus. I'm Rich Baker of the law firm of Mauk and Baker. If you're just tuning in, uh, make sure to visit MaukBaker.com to hear the rest of this interview. You can also subscribe to our Religious Liberty newsletter and follow us on Facebook and Twitter for legal updates with a biblical perspective. Today, I'm speaking with Matt Branagh of Christianity Today's Church Law and Tax, and we're talking about his experience as a law student uh, in Denver. Uh, Matt, let's go back. You've talked a little bit about the uh, possibility of hostility uh, as a Christian in law school, I understand you're also involved in the uh, Christian Legal Society student chapter. Tell us a little bit about that. Sure. So, um, you know, early on, I, uh, I I was already aware of Christian Legal Society because my, my brother is an active member and has been for many years there in Denver. And uh, in addition to that, Church Law and Tax has been a part of Christian Legal Society's conferences in the past. Rich Hammer's been a uh, a prominent speaker there at different times for its conference. In fact, he's speaking again at this year's conference. Uh, yeah, Richard Hammer is always a welcome speaker at, at the CLS conferences. Uh, the guy is a, a walking encyclopedia, and he's quite hilarious to boot. So, um, all right, so you're, you're part of CLS. And yes. how did you get involved in it? And what is it like to be on a Christian organization that's so um, out there 
in your law school? So it's interesting because early on the first two years of law school, I was a little bit involved, not a lot involved. Obviously it's a big transition getting into work and, and school uh, balance as, as well as life balance. And so I would get into maybe a, a couple of Bible studies here and there, but not as frequently as I would have liked. Um, but it was a pretty, pretty quiet chapter, I would say. It didn't have a lot of programming going on. And so there wasn't really much dialogue or awareness, I think, in the general campus about, about the CLS chapter. And so at the end of my second year, which would have been a little over a year ago, um, we found out that the chapter was actually about to go dormant. And it was just because there hadn't been any leadership that was willing to step up for the next year. And so I put an email out to some, um, some of those that were returning for the next year and try to figure out if anyone would be interested. And I had one other classmate say, Hey, I I'm willing to do this. And, uh, it's a classmate by the name of Bryson Gallegos. And so Bryson and I just sat down and met and said, you know what, let's figure out a way to plan a year ahead. Let's do programming. Let's figure out if we can generate some interest and just build general awareness about the fact that we're here. And I think it's really crucial because you find uh, in law school, you sometimes feel like you're on your own if you're a Christian and, and, and hold a Christian worldview. You're, you're not necessarily in the majority uh, in, in any given class. And in fact, you may be very much in the minority. And so uh, having that community and that connectivity with the Christian Legal Society chapter becomes really I think powerful for students to be able to understand that they're not alone and that they can get encouragement and fellowship from other like-minded Christians. So, so uh, I take it that's your chapter that you're involved in this year that, that you're now uh, leading. So what does your chapter look like? Well, we, we started out, it was really just Bryson and I, and we, we have a great faculty advisor there, a professor uh, by the name of Scott Johns, who uh, we reached out to and met with uh, last summer just to say, hey, we're here, we're ready to do something. We don't know yet what that is, but we're just asking God to guide us. And, and then we just took it one step at a time, trying to get events planned right out of the gate for the new school year. And, and by, the, by the end of August, uh, after some of our events had been publicized widely across campus, we were up to over 20 people who had expressed interest in being involved. And so, uh, and things just really unfolded from there in some really powerful ways that really I, I, I could say only the Lord could orchestrate because we ended up with a weekly Bible study again that was widely attended. We had, I think on the whole, six or seven programs that involved anywhere from 15 to 20 students per event and we brought in a number of attorneys from the area that are affiliated with Christian Legal Society who could talk about their faith and the intersection of, of their work with their faith and could provide encouragement and, and networking to the students that were a part of our chapter. And so it really just was a, a, a real testimony to the, the power of God when you just try to show up and say, God, use us, and, and we'll follow wherever you lead. Coming up. We will talk further with Matt Branagh, editor of Christianity Today's Church Law and Tax and leader in the Christian Legal Society's student chapter at his law school about his experience of being a Christian in law school. I'm Rich Baker, and this is Lawyers for Jesus. Sometimes Jesus used the law to make a difference, and so must we. 
In his book, Jesus in the Courtroom, author and attorney John Mauck shows us how to engage our modern legal system for the good of the kingdom. Jesus in the Courtroom discusses the need for faith-filled lawyers in order to protect the church and what good can happen when we partner with Christian legal professionals. To order your copy of Jesus in the Courtroom, find it at Moody Publishers or go to JesusInTheCourtroom.com. Welcome back to Lawyers for Jesus. I'm Rich Baker, an attorney with the law firm of Malkin Baker. We're based in Chicago, and we serve churches, ministries, businesses, and individuals in their legal needs. If you missed the first part of this show and want to listen online, go to maukbaker.com forward slash radio. Today, we're speaking with Matt Branagh, editor of Christianity Today's Church Law and Tax, and current law student who is at the University of Denver's Sturm Law School, and we've been talking about his experiences as a Christian law student. Now, uh, Matt, I wouldn't say that's exactly an environment that's welcoming of, of the Christian point of view oftentimes. Tell us a little bit about your experience. When we last uh, were talking before the break, you mentioned that um, you had discovered the value of Christian community within the law school. Tell us a little bit about the kinds of uh, pressures that, that uh, the students are facing and how you guys are handling it. Well, I think one of the first surprises for me was, I think sometimes we have this mental picture when you go into an, an academic environment or a, a law school environment that might be similar to what you see in, in movie portrayals or, or dramatic television programs that uh, consist of these very controversial debates or discussions in class and, and uh, you know, sort of the sense of someone that's sort of under the, uh, the spotlight or, or being scrutinized for their specific beliefs. And, you know, for me, that, that just really wasn't the case. It, it doesn't really happen uh, in most of the law school lectures that I've attended. What tends to happen, though, instead is I think you see sort of the secular humanist worldview just uh, sort of accepted as the default position. And that's just the posture from which your professors lecture and and the posture from which most of the students who do engage with the professor will, will advance. And if you attempt to sort of navigate into that conversation or raise a point, it doesn't really tend to go anywhere. It just sort of is kind of hung out there as a point, and then, and then there's sort of a, a, a pause, and then the conversation moves on, and the lecture moves on. It's not, not as, um, I guess... I, I guess when you hear the word hostility and you kind of expect this exchange that's really difficult between parties, it just doesn't happen. And that to me was a surprise because I think that when you go to law school, you expect you're going to hone your abilities to reason and to make arguments. And for whatever reason, in law school, that doesn't seem to be one of the, one of the uh, focal points or emphasis uh, in, in the course of a lecture. Um, so that was a surprise. I think the subtleties of the worldviews are certainly there and you have to navigate them. Um, and what you find is because you don't necessarily know where your classmates stand on issues, you end up with a lot of hallway conversations and you end up getting to know them in study groups. And, uh, and so through those kinds of conversations is where you find you have your most effective witness. So you uh, use the term uh, secular humanist point of view. Um, what, what does that mean? And, and how does it affect, how are you different from that view? And, and, uh, 
you know, the way you put it is almost um, that the view is assumed rather than actually stated. So how do, how do you deal with that? Right. Well, and I think where I would differentiate myself is that obviously I believe in an almighty creator who has a, a, a profound sense of justice, but that justice was administered through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so uh, because of that Christian worldview, I see justice in what I would characterize as eternal terms, whereas um, professors and classmates with the secularist um, viewpoint or the secular humanist viewpoint would be more of the mindset that we need to administer justice now, and it needs to be rendered uh, through our legal system. And if it's not, then all is lost. And in fact, I remember one particular class uh, where the professor would talk at length in different lectures about the role of the law uh, achieving what we would consider our societal utopia, and that that was ultimately the ends and aims of law was to accomplish that end. And so it had this more uh, what I would characterize as here and now type of view about justice, whereas I think for Christians, we certainly see things in, in, a, in a longer term view. You know, you, you mentioned the word justice, which is really, really a, a deep word uh, with a lot of different meanings that can be put into it. And of course, uh, as Christians, we need to be concerned about justice. But I, I think one of the keys that I'm working with in the law is noticing that justice is defined so often in a secular context is a justice that starts with myself and my freedom to clearly express myself in, in any way unrestrained. Um, and, and I'm just thinking that this is very, very different from the way you introduced uh, your understanding of law and justice as beginning with a creator, and therefore justice emanates from who he is and what he's made, as opposed to who I am and what I want. And I, I think that's a major uh, distinction going on uh, between the Christian and, and the secular understanding of what justice is. I, I wholeheartedly agree. I think the reality is the morally relativistic nature of our society has, has come to roost. I think people now accept truth for what they think their truth is. They define it by their own terms and their own values, rather than seeing truth as more of a universal standard. Of course, what, what you and I would say is the universal standard of of what God has said. And so now we find ourselves with a, a society that's confused about what justice really is or what it means. And, and it's because all of us come at it with different views and different definitions. You're listening to Lawyers for Jesus. I'm Rich Baker of Malkin Baker, and we're talking with Matt Branagh of Christianity Today's Church Law and Tax. We've been talking about his experiences in law school and what it is to be a Christian uh, at a law school today. Uh, so, Matt, um, tell me a little bit more about how how do you how do you work with all of this? How do the other students that you're working with? How do you encourage each other? And, and what are you doing? Well, with the Christian Legal Society chapter, I think a couple of things from this past year really really stood out. First and foremost, we did some programming that involved uh, local judges, local attorneys who are professing Christians who would come and speak to us, or we, in the case of the judge that we met with, um, we, we went and visited with him at his chambers and 
um, just had the opportunity for them to speak into our lives, speak into the call that, that we sense God has placed on our lives, and really encouraged us that there is a place for Christians in the legal practice and the legal profession, um, and that it's, you know, it's critically important that we not lose sight of that call, um, even in the midst of a, a, a profession that's very stressful, high rates of, of alcoholism, high rates of divorce. Uh, it's a hard profession, and, and yet, you know, these professionals encouraged us to stay the course, to meet that call, but not lose sight of our, of our faith convictions and the role that God plays in our lives. Let me raise a, a question off script, but it just comes to my mind. In your mind, what is that call that, that the uh, judge was referring to and, and um, that you're listening to? I think it's uh, certainly what we see uh, out of Scripture, uh, which is that we are to um, not only be the hands and feet of Jesus and to serve in his name, but to also understand that there are the, those who are marginalized in our society who may not have means to representation for legal matters that we can play a, a direct role in helping, uh, helping those individuals. Uh, and, and seeking, again, that, that, that awkward word of justice um, on their behalf, and yet at the same time providing a witness to those individuals, whether they're those individuals that we're representing or it's the those who are a part of opposing counsel, or it's the judges that are involved, that they would see something different about us in the way that we carry ourselves and conduct our, ourselves in our business so that they would understand that um, Christ is at work in our lives and that that might in turn cause them to take a, a step back and reflect on their own lives. You know, you, you raise some of these issues and they draw me back to my days in law school and, and, uh, uh, questions that came up like, um, uh, can a Christian represent a person he knows to be guilty? And, um, well, I asked questions like, can a Christian represent a corporation? And, you know, lots of things like that, that came up at the time. It'd be fun to, to move into those, uh, questions, but, um, I'm running out of time and I'd love to be actually talking about how does, uh, your chapter actually reach out to the law population at large, but at this point, I'm not going to be able to do that. Um, just one thought in terms of how Christian attorneys have, have been a, a aid and a help to your organization. By all means, I, I would encourage those who are listening who are attorneys to reach out to your local Christian Legal Society chapters. Those are active in, in many communities around the country. Get involved in those chapters first and foremost, and then reach out to the local law schools in the, in the area and find out about the CLS chapters that may be active and operating on those campuses and find a way to connect with the leaders of those chapters. Uh, what ends up happening when you make those connections is you make it possible for programming opportunities to unfold, um, networking opportunities to unfold, and it, it makes a profound difference in the lives of those law school students to have that kind of encouragement and support especially from attorneys who are already at work in those communities. Uh, as you know, networking is so essential for law students to do really from day one. And uh, the ability for, for Christian law students to meet practicing attorneys who are Christians is uh, significant. Uh, Matt, thanks for speaking with us today. Uh, thanks for your work with uh, Church Law and Tax and for your involvement in CLS. 
If you have a legal need or a question and want the perspective of a local Christian attorney, contact us at Mauk and Baker. You can reach us at 312-726-1243 or at maukbaker.com. Thanks for listening. I'm Rich Baker, attorney with Mauk and Baker, and this is Lawyers for Jesus. You're going to have to serve somebody. Yes, indeed, you're going to have to serve somebody.